Good evening. This is Apostle Corey Douglas from Zion Ministries in Harvest, Alabama. Welcome you to another verse-by-verse Bible study on the book of Romans. And we are going to continue our study in Romans chapter number 6, verse number 6. Again, it is Romans chapter 6, verse 6. And the word of God reads, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Now I'm reading from the King James Version. And again, it reads, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. In our previous teaching, uh, we were building off of the the revelation that's found in verse 5 of being raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Well, we, we spoke about identifying with the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and understanding that we were co-crucified with him. And that crucifixion leads unto death. And when we can identify fully with the forsaking, uh, death is a sep- means to be separated from. Um, so when we can fully, consciously choose to be in our heart, mind, passions, and who and what we live for, to identify with the death of Jesus Christ and know that we were crucified with him, resurrection life and resurrection power automatically shows up when we do that with the intent in honor of his crucifixion and with faith in Jesus and his gospel and what he did on the cross, then immediately we begin to experience the God kind of life, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, the nature of God, uh, the glory of God, because, you know, the Bible said that Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father. So the same glory that filled his body and raised him up from the dead is the same glory that enters into you and I in the land of the living and fills our temple, fills our spirit, soul, and body and our nature and our being to the degree that we choose to identify with his crucifixion and his death. And this is so important because the great mystery and the great revelation to us all is that God never intended for you and I to produce the God kind of life. And another way that I can see this, say this, is that the life that you see yourself living in obedience to God, the life of purity, the life of holiness, the life of power, the life of confidence, the life of royalty, the life of regality, the upright life, that life that you see yourself living in Christ is not a life that you have to generate or work up or produce on your own. It is, a li- it is literally the life of the Son of God himself that's given to us freely when we properly position ourselves to receive it. Okay. And so as we pick up in verse 6, the word of God reads, Knowing this, knowing this, 
that our old man is crucified with him. Now, Romans 6.6 6 is a very important and pivotal scripture for any believer in Jesus Christ on any level of faith, on any age level, doesn't matter if you, you knew, you know, to faith in God, if you have been born again for a while, if you're just coming aboard, if you're in the middle, or if you're, you feel like that you have some uh, bearing and some age and some years. I found that Romans 6.6 6 is a very important truth for every Christian on every level of growth and maturity in Christ to understand. And I believe Romans 6.6 6 is very pivotal to the ultimately the, the outcome and the kind of life that you and I uh, are privileged to experience in Jesus Christ on this side of eternity. Because Romans 6, 6, it starts out by saying, knowing this, okay? And there's a difference, again, between acknowledging. To acknowledge something is not knowing. To sometimes to just agree with something doesn't mean that we know. The Bible says that we can agree with our adversary quickly. But in that agreement, it doesn't necessarily mean that we agree with what our adversary believes. It is just an instructional wisdom given to us to make for peace. Uh, but w when it comes to knowing, we're talking about something deeper than just saying amen, than saying that's right, or even deeper than having understanding of what's being communicated. You know, the knowing goes a lot deeper. Anytime that you see that word, you should think, okay, there's something deeper connected to this that I'm being called to press into and to explore. And to know means to be totally consumed with the reality of that thing, to totally become one with it in mind and heart and thought and imagination and feelings and emotion and especially in conviction or in the persuasion, the inner persuasion of the heart, okay? To know something is to be a witness thereof and to be able to testify that something is so uh, because you have seen it with your eyes and with your ears and what you have seen and perceived with your eyes and with your ears, doesn't necessarily mean spiritual eyes, but, you know, your understanding and your, and your ears and your heart. And basically when you know something, it is to be so persuaded and so convinced concretely to that degree to where, you know, there is nothing in this world that can convince you otherwise. Like, um... Nothing can move you from that position. It's almost as if if you saw the mailman run at 12 p.m. because you were looking out the window and you saw the mailman run at 12 p.m. and somebody calls at 6 p.m. and you have this conversation with people and they try to tell you that the mailman did not run at 12 p.m., he didn't run that day. And you're looking out the window, and nobody, no one can persuade you because you are eyewitness. And so when you know something, 
you know that you know that you know. It goes deeper than belief. It's something that you have uh, become a witness of yourself by experience, and it's something that you can resolutely and with full confidence testify of. And it is also something that you cannot be moved from as far as your belief system. And, you know, you, it's something that you, you would stand on and you would stick with, you know, to the grave, you know. It's, it's you know, knowing it's deeper. And so when the Bible talks about, you know, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free, it's speaking about that kind of approach or relationship with the word of God. And as we're in the word of God, and the Apostle Paul speaks about knowing, as we're in Romans chapter 6, verse 6, I want you to take that same mindset with whatever thought is about to come behind this word. That, hey, this is something that I'm supposed to become intimately and experientially one with. Okay, that's being shared. Okay. And so it says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. Now, notice that we have to become fully persuaded that our old man is crucified with Jesus. Okay? Is is a present tense word. Notice that he's not speaking about something that has happened in the past, okay? Even though when he was crucified, we were crucified with him. But this verse lets us know that we are presently one with him even now in his crucifixion, okay? Knowing this, that our old man is presently crucified with him. So this is not even something that has to happen in the future. It's not even something uh, that you and I have to make happen. This is a present reality to all those who are in Christ Jesus. Okay. This, uh, again, this is a present reality even now to all those who are in Christ Jesus. Your old man, your old nature, your old being is crucified with Christ. Okay? It is crucified with Christ. Now, he went on to say that the body of sin might be destroyed. Okay? That henceforth or from this time forth, you and I, we should not serve or be a slave to or be up under the control, power, jurisdiction, or tyranny of the nature of sin, which means that sin in your life as a born-again believer because you have been crucified with Christ and it is a present tense reality, sin no longer has the power to control you or to make you express its nature in your everyday life. And this is so radical from the thinking of traditional Christianity because traditional Christianity 
tells us to strive to live in purity, a purity that in some people's theology can never be obtained. In other words, people will tell you to do your best not to sin, but you're going to sin, and you can't help it, and you'll sin until you're going to be with Jesus. And so the natural rational mind says, okay, if it's a never-winning battle, why should I even try? Okay. Why are you telling me not to, to strive, to resist, to repent of sin, and to stand against it? Uh, but then you circle back and you tell me that in all of my effort to resist, I'm still going to fail. It makes no sense. Okay? And that's because that thought pattern, though sincere, is not really biblical. Okay, uh, there are those that teach that, you know, you should fight sin or strive to live a holy and pure life. Okay, but you have no power to do that. Totally, you'll be sinning for the rest of your life, and we'll find that, you know, the Bible does not condone that. And one of the reasons that people settle for that theology is because they're not taught to understand what the Word of God says. And also how God, through Jesus Christ and the power of his Holy Spirit, has freely empowered you and I who believe in Christ to not be subject to the power of sin. It's because many don't understand that they have been crucified with him. And when we don't understand that and go on to know it through intimate fellowship with that truth and communion with that truth, then we end up being deprived of the benefits and of the provisional resources that have been made available through the blood of the Lamb by his crucifixion at the cross. It is no different than having $2 million in the bank that you have no knowledge of, and because you have no knowledge of what's rightfully yours, to struggle from day to day uh, with bills and even with food and gas money and basic necessities. Okay, the fact that you have two million dollars in the bank, okay, is a done deal, and it's the truth. But it is also true that uh, if there's a lack of knowledge in that area, and if there is a failure to go to the bank to withdraw that money, that that reality of two million dollars will not benefit you and help you in your day-to-day -day reality. It is the same thing with the Word of God and with the truth of the promises of God. Okay. The old man can be crucified with Jesus Christ, but if we have no knowledge and no understanding, and if we don't believe it enough to release our faith, to withdraw the resources of that truth into our everyday reality, then the truth of being crucified with Christ will not benefit us in our day-to-day -day reality, and we will live day-to-day -day being subject to the tyranny, to the control of the nature of sin, which will lead to poverty in every area, because sin comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's, it takes, it separates. It's like a cancer. It deprives, and it, uh, it is set up to rob us of the abundant life that Jesus came to give us. And this is why Jesus came to destroy it in his power and to uh, set you and I free from it. Uh, what an awesome God and what an amazing love that he has. So let's break this down even more. Number one, we have to know that our old man is crucified with him. And if you're listening out there, I just want you to say out loud that my old man is crucified with Jesus Christ. Okay? 
it is crucified with him, which means that the same time that he died on the cross, your old nature, you died on the cross as well. Okay? And when I say you, I'm speaking about everything that you conclude about you and perceive that you are, everything that you have used to identify as your identity, as your person outside of Jesus Christ, outside of your born-again experience, outside of you becoming a new creation in Christ, that is your old man. Okay? And the... The beautiful part about this, again, is that if a person can choose, because here's the trickiness about the old man. The old man, uh, or our old identity, which is our life before we were born again, everything that we concluded about our life, however, uh, whatever mold of temperament, of person, uh, or uh, you know, reputation we had, or how we concluded and what we concluded about ourselves before we met Jesus, okay, is a part of our old man. All of the failures, all of the wrongs, all of the hurts, all of the abuses, all of the struggles, all of the addictions, but not only that, all of the things that we pride ourselves in, all of the success, all of the, the degrees, all of the accomplishments, all of the, the things that we have used to determine our worth, our value for better or for worse, all of that is old man. And so your old man and our old man is a replica of the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden, okay? Um, and there's some things that we can all look back uh, pertaining to our life, and we could say, you know what, I don't like that. You know, that's evil. Then there's some things that we can look back and say, you know what, I like that. That's pretty good. That's connected to our old man. But really the good and the evil both have to die, okay? Because that is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And even though the fruit may look evil, we know to stay away from that. But what's more deceptive on that tree is the fruit that looks good that still kills as well. And that is how, that's what tricked Eve. And so you have to conclude that the past of your old life, that's evil, and the good that's connected to your old life is evil as well. They both have to die, Okay because both are a part of the old man. God is not interested in any of our failures, or, and he's not interested in any of the things that we may deem as success that have been accomplished by our own efforts, our own labor, our own, um, you could say, uh, intellect, or, or just intentions and the things that we have done. Both of those are part of the old man as well. And so when we choose to uh, to be crucified with him, we're bringing the whole us, the, the complete us, the W-H-O-L-E, the whole us, okay, of its entirety, and we're surrendering our entire perception, persona, identity, uh, value system, everything that we are, we're bringing it up under subjection to the cross. And we're saying, Lord, I'm crucified with Christ, even now, the good and the evil, okay? The things that look, um, you know, that make me proud about me, as well as the things that make me ashamed about me. I'm bringing them both, Lord, to you because they both are a part of my old nature. And so as we read this, 
He says, knowing that our old man is crucified with him. And this is why he crucifies the old man, and this is why this had to happen. There was a purpose. There's a purpose to crucifixion. And he says that the body of sin might be destroyed. Okay? Now, this is interesting because when we read the gospel on the cross, um, the Bible says that Jesus became a curse for us. Okay? For it is written, cursed is every man that hangeth on the tree. Okay? And realistically, it also teaches that every sin, um, and when you think about the body of sin, it, it means that every sin, past, present, and future of every person in every generation, was somehow transfused into his body. He became. He didn't just carry. His body, his physical human body, literally became the sin of every human being, of every type, of all wickedness, of all malice, of all types of tyranny, the unthinkable, the unforgettable, the, the worst kind, he literally became and he felt in his body. Okay? So, um, I mean, the stuff that a lot of times society and humanity would deem as unforgivable, he became the murderer, the robber, you know, the rapist, the child molester, the, the addict, the you know, the, the pedophile, you know, the, like this, the murderer, you know, the, the liar, the cheater, the extortioner, you know, the whoremonger, the adulterer, he became in his body, the drunkard, you know, um, he literally became, and, and that is, that is an amazing love, okay, for him to become sin for us. You know, the Bible says, for he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, okay, that we may be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so this body of sin, Jesus became on the cross. And when he became this body of sin, he was becoming the sins of the world. When the Bible says, behold the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. It's the first thing that John the Baptist said when he came on the scene and he saw Jesus. He told the world, behold the Lamb of God who takes away, who takes away, who takes away. Jesus came to take away sin from the world, okay? To take away, behold, the Lamb of God who removes, who takes away the sin of the entire world, past, present, and future, okay? And if you're listening, I want you to say this out loud, take it away. He took away, okay? And now if he, if he came to take it away, if he died to take it away, how in the world am, am I, you know, why should we live any longer in it? How is it possible to live in something that he came to take away? How could I be subject to something that he came to take away? Why am I still up under the power and the dominion of something or up under the control of something that he literally died to take away from me. The truth is, we're not under the power of it. It's all a lie. It's a deception of the enemy. And part of becoming free is knowing the truth. Jesus said in the book of John, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, 
and the truth shall make you free. Okay? A large part of experiencing the freedom in the gospel is by fully and properly understanding the truth of the word of God. And so another beautiful picture is in the Old Testament, if you study the tabernacle, you see this in the book of Leviticus, but in the temple uh, there was a scapegoat called Azel, A-Z-E-L, A-Z-E-L, that in in the temple the high priest would come and after the high priest had made a sacrifice for the sins of the people, and he had made a sacrifice for the sins of the people, there was a part in the ceremony where God instructed the high priest Aaron at that time to lay hands on this goat to transfer the sins of the entire nation on this goat. And this goat would run off into the wilderness. Okay? And so this is where we get the term scape, S-C-A-P-E, goat from. Because a scapegoat is something that takes the fall, takes the guilt, or it's the fall guy. It's, It's the one who is the blame for the transgressions or the deeds of the wrongdoings of another. Okay. And so Jesus' body basically became the scapegoat for all of humanity, past, present, and future. Okay. And those sins were imparted into his body on the cross. <clears throat> and they were our sins, you know. Not only uh to not only were they the penalty or the consequences for our sins, but literally the power of our sin, okay, the nature of our sins became a part of his physical body on the cross. And when he was crucified, the power of sin and the penalty of sin also died with him. Okay? And not only did the power and the penalty of sin die with him, you and I were also, as the Bible says, crucified with him. Okay? And so it says that the body of sin might be destroyed. Now, once the body of sin is destroyed, as we identify with this crucifixion, the Bible says that from this time forth, or after the body of sin is destroyed, that henceforth, after being crucified with him, we should not serve sin. Praise God. And it's not saying that sin still has power over us and that we just shouldn't do it. What it's saying is that the power of sin through the crucifixion has been broken and destroyed for the purpose of you and I not serving sin any longer. Okay? Now, when we look at this word serve, it means to be a slave to or to do service to. It also means to be in bondage to or to be a slave voluntarily or involuntarily, okay? And so this particular truth is so important and so vital because it brings so much freedom to those who go on to know it. Another way of really knowing the truth is you, you, you learn to get your mind 
you know, and you focus on what's being said and you meditate on it. This word meditate means to think on, to ponder, to mutter with your mouth, to speak up under your breath, rehearse it over and over again in your mind and, and with your words until it gets down into your psyche, your subconscious, and to your heart, until you become fully persuaded, until whatever this truth is communicating, you know it like you know your ABCs. You know it like the breath that you breathe, that it becomes an effortless reality to your heart, to your mind, to your action, your ways, and your days. And that is how the word of God takes root. And that is how you go from acknowledging, agreeing, believing to actually knowing, okay, in this particular area. Now, I want to share with you the Passion Translation of Romans 6.6. 6. It says, could it be any clearer that our former identity, so whoever you see yourself as apart from Jesus, trash it, dump it, get rid of it. It is an enemy of your destiny, of your purpose, of your call, of your life, and of your future, okay? This is why Jesus said in John chapter 3 that you and I must be born again. With that being born again comes an also a new identity, okay? A new identity, and not a former identity, but a new identity. And it's exciting to learn the new because the new you in Christ is a thousand times better. Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power, okay? For we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us so that we would not continue, listen, to live one moment longer, one moment longer, one moment longer, submitted to sin's power. Okay? That is Romans 6, 6 and the Passion Translation. Again, could it be clearer that our former identity is now, presently, and forever deprived of his power? For we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. If you're in Jesus Christ, and if you have been crucified with him, I want to encourage you and to say with full confidence that you don't have to live, you don't have to continue to live one moment longer in Christ Jesus submitted to sin's power. God bless you. Grace and peace be with you. I pray that the word of God brought life, health, strength, and understanding. And we will continue, Lord willing, this study this Friday, 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. God bless.